All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Talk About It Outdoors. Nick, Alex, Cody, live in the studio, and we are ready to rock and roll. Got a loaded episode for you tonight. Going over our first deer kills ever. We're going to try to get some others on the line if we can, and if not, we're going to sit here and reminisce ourselves about our past and some of the greatest adventures we ever had. We also got a deck of pictures here to look through that'll probably bring up some conversation about Nick's hunting heritage, which is long and glorious. <laughs> I'm excited for it. So, Nick, how are you, man? Do you have a good day? I did have a good day. How about yourself? I'm having been, a better day now that I'm sitting here and not stuck in traffic. I've been looking at these pictures for the last two hours, and <laughs> if Watson posts this stuff, oh, first person it lasts. It's going to get posted. Describe that picture you have to post to Nick. Um, what kind of fool are you running? Moose, you better not say one thing. I better Keep not get your one mouth t- shut. Yeah. You shut your mouth, Justin Mossinger. What model quad runner is that? Oh, reckon? God, here we go. The 160. Everybody knows about the quad runner 160. <laughs> All I know is when Brandon Poole sees that picture, he's going to be jealous that he didn't have one just like it. <laughs> you can see that I've had a long run with fudge rounds. That entire picture and just... I'm just, proud, I'm just proud to see you're finally starting to grow into that head. <laughs> <laughs> because when that picture drops, you'll see why. Oh, man. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, it's been a good day so far, and we're excited to get this episode underway. First off, we posted a picture of a Wiley D-Board's deer he dropped this past weekend. We tried to get Wiley and Mark on. Unfortunately, they were unavailable to get on with us this evening. But that's all right. We uh, Mark gave me a little little rundown of the way the hunt went. He actually had missed a really good buck the day before, and he was a little let down by that. And, and Mark told me, he said he actually rushed the shot, he think, because as soon as he was coming out, Mark said it was a good buck, and he was getting excited. And he's like, now don't mess around. If he gets out here, go ahead and shoot him. He said, I think I rushed him a little bit as soon as he stepped out. So he ran off and didn't sign, didn't so, show any signs of a hit. So. Mm. I think he was a little let down by that, but as soon as that old, it was a five-pointer walked out, he said he wasn't wasting no time. He said, Dad, can I shoot it? He said, yeah, but just take your time. Burning powder. on the ground. Burning powder. Love it. Nice. The way we was raised. about you, Alex? Did you do anything exciting today? Work. That's about it. And? I went and ate dinner with the family. Mm. Oh, I did go and pick up and get my rest put on my bow. I went with a different style rest than I've ever used on it. It's a QAD, but it's the new Integrate model that only Hoyt and Matthews are offering. Did not realize you can't order that rest online. You have to actually go through a pro shop to get it. Shout out to Gable Sporting Goods over in Douglasville. Anthony there, he helped me out a lot. And while I got the... Mike talking about that. I met a guy there. I can't recall his name. I don't know if he even gave it to me, but standing there and he noticed my, my hand had a scar on it. And he asked me, he said, what happened to your hand? And I gave him the rundown of what had happened earlier this year. And he said, uh, is this the first time you're going to be shooting a bow? I said, yeah. I said, I'm actually just got this bow and bought it. And he said, well, he said, um, do you, do you mind if I ask you some questions about it? And he pinged me a little bit. And I was like, what, what's got your curiosity up so much on it? And he said, well, my son worked over at Toyo Tire, um, and last year he was in an accident where his hand was actually burned. Uh, it burned it clean to the bone up to his elbow. Um, his son was a big competition archery shooter, and and he said, you know, he said I was going through the same things, and he was kind of 
focusing on the same stuff and having issues not being able to shoot his bow again, and he was really upset. And he said last week after a year of rehab, he actually came in and bought his first bow that he's had since then. He uh. said so he's going to be able to shoot again. So it was an interesting story, and he said, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And, I, you know, I said likewise. I appreciated him sharing that with me. But I told him, uh, I said, listen, I said, you, it may not interest you or your son. I said, but we've got a podcast going on. Um, you can find us on Facebook. And I wrote it down, and I gave it to him. I said, go on and check it out. I said, I don't know if it'll mean anything to your son or not. And I said, but one of the first episodes we did was me talking about getting back to shooting and things like that. So maybe he listens to it, and if he gets down or something, maybe it'll help him out. I don't know. And I said, and also tell him to shoot me a message on there. Maybe we could get him to come on and talk about his comeback because we definitely would like to hear something Absolutely. like that. So it's been a good day. Um, I'm glad to be here tonight with you guys. It's, it's always fun to get back in the studio again i feel like we're we're excited more as we've ever been look at those pictures i can't get over the <laughs> the nostalgia there's some good ones we were checking out some baseball pictures earlier too from nick's heyday he probably knocking grand slams that's what there's one assignment <laughs> what they want we to feel, be- we to? feel better <laughs> we feel better tonight don't we? Feel a little better than we did sunday morning for sure when you played uh, little league did you use a cherokee high school baseball helmet <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's already started. Hand me one of those I photo a, albums. I'm going to thumb through it while you're talking. I had a custom fit on that one. So, let me get this. That's a better one. Where was most of these pictures taken, Nick? Uh, Actually, look at that. Uh, We had a hunting club down in South Georgia in Putnam County. And my dad had it probably for 20, 20 plus years. And um, great piece of property, about 300-something acres and we had a lot of good – we made a lot of friendships there and, and still carry those friendships on. And a lot of people that you guys know and we know. And we got some good pictures from them. And we'll, we'll, sh- we'll try to share some of them. Watson's been taking some of them. Of course, I know I'll get a lot of grief. I can't wait to get your guys' pictures on here. <laughs> Did y'all pull this pop-up camper down there every weekend or leave it? Every weekend. So we were going down 75 <laughs> one time, <laughs> pulling that thing, and the tire blowed out. With this El Camino? No, we were, I'm sorry. We were on 20. We were on 20. I'm talking about Friday rush hour traffic and the tire blowed out. <laughs> and it had the box back there then. You remember those yeah, boxes yeah, you could yeah. put your stuff in? Yeah. The very back. Yeah. Well, my dad box. had my coveralls in there. And those coveralls, <laughs> coveralls landed on Interstate 20. So you can imagine the traffic. We're in that old Dodge truck, which dad still got. And so we're changing the tire. And I look, and I remember being a kid saying, my coveralls are out there in the, <laughs> in the road. So dad waited till traffic cleared and went out there and got them. And uh, <laughs> can you still wear yeah. those coveralls? <laughs> well, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, nobody in my family throws nothing away. My mom still got those things. They got road rash on them. <laughs> What's funny to me is how in most of these pictures you see it's that good old army camouflage. Oh, that's all. It was. That's all Dad knew. That's all they knew back then. Now, who is this? And, and that's Cole Weaver. Okay. And Dad, uh, that's what Brandon talked about previous about the Jack Wheel camo. Yeah. Yeah. Dad still got that same stuff. So, oh, uh, of course, I can't fit in mine. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I've been in a se- I've been in a seven and seven eights hat since I was in tenth. Since I was 10 years old. You grew into yourself a little bit there. Yeah. Took a doe there. It's just awesome to look back through these pictures. I've got some that I'll, it's I'll actually, get out. It's actually funny. I used hunt stand the other day, and I was telling Watson before you got here, I was um, I used hunt stand to see if that property was still owned, and we used to go up to a guy's 
house there and uh, clean our clean our deer at that shack there. Is that, that him you, there? No, that's not him. He's in there. He's in one of these other ones. Um, but we called him Pollock, and uh, great guy, and uh, would always let us clean deer there at his house. And he, um, hang on, let me. Is that a tree lounge? No, that's a that's a worn and sweat. sweat. Yeah, Yeah. I knew it was one of the two. That's him right there. So I found out that his daughter has moved into the house and I actually messaged her a couple weeks ago and she got back with me actually today. Oh, and and I was asking to see if he was still alive and he had passed away a couple years ago. Him and my dad were good friends along the way. So that's I want you to look at that gun scabbard in there (laughs) with the tassels hanging (laughs) off of it. It's a what is that, a Ram Charger or a Bronco? I think that's a Bronco. That's a what is that guy's name? I forget that. Is they, he, he's wearing they, a Miami Dolphins hat, it looks like, or no, that's some kind of car hat. He's got on a Ruger belt buckle, Wrangler blue jeans, boots that I would love to own to this day. There's pleated sidewalls in that Bronco, and he's got a gun rack in the side window of that Bronco with a tassel, leather tassel. Dave McGinney, that's his name. And, and my dad and him would make him – Sleep in that camper by himself because he snored so bad. <laughs> well, he'd rattle the walls off of that little box. Um, I, I know, I know. Dad and them could get on here and probably tell a lot more stories, but that's just some I remember. Is we we hunted down there a long time, like I said. Well, Clayton, if you listen to this, you are the spitting image of your daddy, and and he was a strapping young man back then <laughs> with a uh, what appears to be a, a magnificent eight pointer from Putnam County. Was that it? That was Putnam County, yeah. And there's Brady Hill in there, and and. Who is that? I, I know I, that's a Weaver boy because that's, that's cold boy, in the background. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was his son. Or I can't nephew. remember which one he is. Yeah. It's pretty cool to look back through these pictures. and yeah. There's Nick with another doe. We used hammering some does back in the day, wasn't you, son? I think so. I wasn't, think that's so. a meat hunting man. There's another one. Look what a stud. Goodness gracious. I like to know the story, and that picture of the quad runner, too. If you look in the back of that Dodge Ram, the hood's up. I guarantee the battery's out of that thing power and something that oh i'm sure i'm sure that or we were jumping i don't know what we could have been jumping off there ain't no telling what my dad was doing but yeah we pulled that camper down there my dad still got that camper it's just a it's just a frame now well that trailer at the house you always give me a hard time about that we was in big 10 and i believe mark green gave dad that camper we tore the camper off of it and built that trailer when i was a kid i won't ever forget it everybody makes fun of it because the the tires are inside of the trailer we built the trailer around it and that's why it's in there axled because it was built on an old pop-up camper frame and that was a big thing back then oh, yeah. we, i remember we got one it, it looks identical to this and dad still has it this day it ain't been opened and i don't know how long because one of his little uh one of his boys, I don't remember if it was the oldest or the middle one, uh, left it parked out after they'd went camping over at Robbie Hawthorne's and uh, a tree fell on it. And he always accused me, I mean, or one of them boys, I don't know if it was me or Bradley, it was me, I'll go ahead and admit it, <laughs> left it parked out. And that tree limb, and it leaked um, while it was sitting out and it got water in there and it ruined that old, you know, that old press board countertops oh, and stuff yeah. well it ruined it and it's it's set down there at dad's the tires has blowed off of it and he's asked me half a dozen times if i want it and i'm like i don't want the camper tear, trash it I, I don't want that i'm not pulling that anywhere but when we got that camper that was like the taj mahal 
We went to West Point WMA in it camping one time. I won't ever forget this. We'd go down there and camp and squirrel hunt. Got uh, Mike Terry and uh, Burley uh, Chester went with us, I believe, a time or two. And we went down there hunting, and I killed my first fox squirrel down there. I've got it mounted to this day. I was 10-year-old. I walked around down there, and there was another gentleman. I can't remember his name. He called me Rim Shot because I shot that fox squirrel. I followed Dad so much and hunted down there so long with him. I was just – I was little – he had to carry me out of the woods that evening. I couldn't walk no more. I'd walk, I'd walk myself out. But I got my first fox squirrel there, and we slept in that camper down there. And it rained. I'll never forget. We went down there. This was a different time on a competition hunt. And Don Price was down there, and Ted Flowers was down there. And you probably know Ted. He works for the county. He's Him and Dad's big squirrel hunting buddies. But he he was dreaming that night, and he was tossing and turning the next morning. Dad asked him what's wrong. He said, I was having nightmares about Don getting on to me for shooting them squirrels in the head. He wanted to eat the brains. <laughs> he said, I was tossing and turning. He said, I had. That's got to be rough. All kinds of. But those campers were, yep. that was our home away from home. And I know Cody Kent tent camped up until oh, he's 26, 27 year old. I guess I, he got. I'll tell you that. No, I'll tell you what. We bought a camper. Dad bought a camper back in, I don't know, I was probably 14 or 15. First camper we had was a pop-up camper. And we always camped on National Forest. Well, those roads were so rough, this is not a lie. Him and I believe Mike Ritchie helped. They put four-inch blocks on that camper because it was scrubbing, <laughs> scrubbing everywhere. Yeah, so they, they jacked up the camper to get it higher so that we could get in and out of those roads on National Forest and camp. That's hilarious. We I, I, I can remember being in that pop-up camper. And, and, man, when I was a kid, it'd be so cold in there. You just didn't want to get out of bed. And, and you know, Dad, just he wouldn't have it any other way. And, and I'm glad he did, though, because now I, I get out of that thing. But I've been, I've been I've slept in campers with Moose and Brandon before, and it'd be so cold. It'd be ice froze on the inside. But Oh, yeah, you wake, you, you run the stove or something to heat it, and you got to turn the stove off because everybody's worried about carbon monoxide and pour, poison in a pop-up <laughs> camper, and there's enough breeze coming yeah. through it to blow we, away your bed covers. Me and Brandon and uh, Moose one time, we went down to Fishing Creek WMA, and we popped up a tent there, and we were cold, and we put that lantern in there. We got playing poker one night, and I took all their money, but that's another subject. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and man, we woke up next morning. I remember rolling over, hitting the side of that, hitting the side of that tent. That ice just fell right off on our face. But um, well, that's, those are good. Those are good days. I miss those days, but <laughs> I, I miss. I don't miss those days as far as sleeping in campers like that. What I miss is the people that were involved in those oh, moments. Because yeah. I know like you and Cody, we've all had people that we've camped with over the years and we've spent time with in the woods, which I'm going to get into a little bit of those guys when I when I talk about my deer tonight. But those people are what made the moments. It wasn't the tent camping or anything. And it made you appreciate nowadays the amenities we have as far as sleeping in a nice camper like Cody owns or we're staying in a house or some of these shanties or shacks that we've had over the years. I've spent many a night freezing my tail off in a tent, in a camper, or or in a clapboard house down on the creek, uh, on Payne Creek. I I would sleep sleep in my coveralls a lot of the times just because I'd be so cold. I won't ever forget one time down there at Big Ten, and for whatever reason, Uncle Wibburn had to sleep with the door open. It didn't matter how cold it was. We'd stay in that little box. Oh, it was basically it. like a, a freezer box because everything in there was frozen, 
you'd put the lantern on, oh, that'll knock the chill off. And I'm like sitting there in my coveralls. And I had one of them army sleeping bags that was supposed to be the greatest thing ever that you'd freeze to death with on the beach. <laughs> and it wasn't worth a flip. But I got inside that sleeping bag in my coveralls, and we had three or four dogs down there. I got them dogs inside of that sleeping bag to try to keep warm. And I reckon I about smothered one of them because middle of the night dog was digging at the covers. I mean, digging my leg, started chewing on me. And I got up, and I, I reckon I'd sweated. And I was pouring sweat, and I got up, and I thought, golly, it's cold. So I went outside, and, of course, there wasn't no fire at that time, and I just had to go back in there and suffer through the night. I mean, there wasn't no getting warm at that point. So um, as we said at the beginning of the show, we wanted to talk about our first deer kills tonight and the first time we were ever fortunate enough to to take a deer. And um, so I don't care which one of you guys want to start off. Um, well, we need to roll into the open segment first, the Shooting you straight. We're gonna. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's cover that real quick. Cody, go then ahead. We'll go into our stuff. Let me. Uh, let me get this. So we up. started a new thing on our social media platform, Facebook, where we would post. Uh, uh, it's called shooting it straight, and basically what that is that allows any of the the listener out there or any of our followers that are on any social media to submit a question that they want to ask us. Now it could be something hunting related. It could be something related to our life in general. It could be anything that you might want to ask us or ask someone else that's been on the show, you know, and if it's a question that we can ping them back with, keep it, you know, uh, appropriate, of course, please, because we're, we're, we don't want to, we can't answer a question if it's bad, and I don't want anyone to do that. If you put it on there, it's just going to get deleted immediately because we're monitoring that page and we have people monitoring it with us. So please keep it appropriate and, um, it's, it could be anything you want to, to ask us. And, and, and we, we may not get to all the, we may not get to all the questions, but we're going to try to get a couple and we're trying to spend what, three to three to five minutes on it. Something like that. Well, you know, we'll go through a couple of the questions and, and Cody will, will propose a question. If it's something that he feels like he wants to answer, he can answer. Or if it's something that, you know, you want to answer or I will decide at that time. And we may take it. We may get some re- repeat questions. And if you've answered one that's repeated or whatever, don't hesitate to ask it. And if you want to ask it directly, if you say, hey, Nick, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Or why did you choose this route as opposed to another? Or Alex, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? And, and you know, it's just a way for us to interact a little bit better with our audience. And, and we appreciate everyone who's submitted thus far. So, And it is just it's just opinion-based. So don't ask for any factual information because I can, I can bedazzle you with brilliance or I'll baffle you with bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to give you it one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, I can't yeah, guarantee right. you it's going to be the right answer, yeah. but I'm going to give you an answer. So That's right. Tommy Cooper asked a pretty unique question. He asked, what's the worst hunting trip each of you guys have been on? And I don't really consider any hunting trip I've ever been on bad or the worst or I think – you have maybe trips that stand out in your mind that you were unsuccessful or you had a bunch of things go wrong. But I don't really know of one personally that I've had that's like, man, I just, I know there's some trips that I just got like completely. I, I remember I hunted Barry College one year. I, I drew um, a quota tag up there and it rained the entire three days I was there. Uh, Lee Evans was there, um, some other guys, and we were all staying in this one pop up camper. And it rained the entire trip. Had a lot of fun. We played a lot of cards. We sat around camp, but it wasn't the worst trip ever. I don't. So um, I don't know. Do you have one, Nick? That you thought? 
When my coveralls hit Interstate 20, <laughs> no, no, that wasn't bad. Um, not like you said though. Like, and we and we talked about this a little bit before. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think no hunting trip is is bad. Only thing I would say, a hunting trip maybe maybe back in our heydays when we used to coon hunt, and our dogs would end up twelve miles away, and we couldn't find a road to get to them. I'd say you was thinking about a bad night then, <laughs> but or a big creek. We uh. I remember one time we got over there coon hunting and our dogs crossed the Etowah and well, we got up and I asked Shannon Mulkey, we was back there, and he, I said, How are we gonna get over them dogs? <laughs> he started getting off in that river and walking. So we <laughs> went take across, his clothes off. No, <laughs> we just pulled our lights up around our necks and went after them. And that was probably about the dumbest thing I've ever done. But as far as unsuccessful and bad trip, anything like that, I, I don't I don't think there's no bad trip. You make what you can of it. Well, I'm gonna tell you the worst thing I've ever had. The uh-uh. absolute worst hunting trip I've ever had. Now, memory wise, it was a good one. But Stanley Payne and Dave Payne and Dad and I went to some hunt club in South Georgia squirrel hunting. That was absolutely, to hear Dave and Stanley tell it, there has never been a better squirrel mecca than what we was fixing to walk into. I mean, they was running everywhere. Toting acorns up a tree and down the tree. It looked like a conveyor belt going up down there. It was going up so high. And we went down there. Now, Dad... Y'all know dad. Anybody out there listening that knows my dad knows he's got some jam up squirrel dogs. Probably some of the best in the southeast. He'll put them up with anybody. And he's had some good dogs. But we went down there to this hunting club. And we did not tree a single <laughs> squirrel. And this whole trip. Now we've walked 45 miles down there around. And Stanley said, they're always up here. And it was beautiful weather. I mean, the weather was perfect. We did not tree a single squirrel and long about dark where it's coming up on this flat there and we're walking out through there and you know it's we're just kind of bummed out and everything and stanley was lingering kind of behind us and i looked back up across the way and i thought oh there comes a crow and he as that crow passed over my head stanley scattered it into a thousand <laughs> pieces like a feather pillar busted in the air he said well we didn't get skunked i got to shoot one time anyway oh and we laughed about that the whole way home so bad trip good trip indifferent that's that's probably it i won't say it's the worst trip i've ever had because as you said any hunting trip can't be worse or bad but that one right there, it always resonated with me as a bad trip. So, oh, Well, I ain't trying to one-up you, but when you said that, it made me think of something. My dad had this hunting club. He was in a hunting club. And this ain't been too many years ago down in Grantville. Um, I don't know how close. It must have been close to that place y'all squirrel hunted. But, he, man, it was it was thick. He's like, man, there's rabbits everywhere. We loaded them dogs up, and I don't even think the dogs barked. <laughs> and we hunted till about 2 o'clock. And I don't even think we ever went back down there. That's I don't even think I, Dad ever went hunting back down there, deer hunting. We never went back down there to that place again, thank you. But we, we gave my dad so such a hard time. But nah. but I, I think that was good. I think that was a good question. I mean, yeah, I, thanks, I, I think Tommy. you can make anything. You make it what you want. Yeah, right you got to gotta find the best in anything. And, Tommy, I appreciate that. Tommy's son is actually in Sawyer's class at school. Oh, so, okay. So that's, right. that's how I got to know Tommy. He's a, he's a good fella, and uh, his son and Sawyer, they, they enjoy each other at school. So Eric, Eric Richards on there popping off wanting to know why I grew a mullet. <laughs> it's because I did. I, I mentioned growing my hair out first, Eric. Yeah, he, he, he's following his fearless leader. <laughs> just, I'm just trying. Hold these microphones up better. <laughs> yeah. My son, actually, uh, is what kind of started all he's 15 he dared me because he's got one and uh so that's that eric 
I've shaved my head for too many years. I've I've always kept it high and tight, and I wanted it to be low and slow. Got me a new job where I didn't have to keep it as clean cut. So, um, <laughs> look at there, look at there. Is that Jeremy? Yeah. Jeremy had a mullet back in the day. Here he's holding some poor old dog by the by the collar. What is that van in the background? My mom used to drive one of those special needs vans. Okay, yeah. all right. That's a nice van. <laughs> like to have that thing to camp in today. So, what else you got? Nah, you got we, uh, one yeah, I got one more. Uh, Charles Wiggins, he was asking, biggest keys to successfully kill big deer over and over. And um, Hunt with Alex D-Board. Hunt with Alex D-Board. That's, that's why I partnered with him. Um, no, I say, my, I say stay after him. Get in the woods. Get in the woods. Get in the woods. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot kill them. That old saying, can't kill them from the couch. I don't care what anybody says. If you put yourself in a place where big deer live, I don't care who you are, how you hunt, you are going to have an opportunity sooner or later if you're smart about it. Now, going in there and blowing it out with you know, the wrong type of scent on you or whatever it may be, everybody's got their own druthers about how they want to hunt it. My idea of killing a good deer is getting in the woods. Put yourself in the position, the best position to kill it and fortunately i've been in the right place at the right time a few times put yourself in that right position that's, that's the right. key to it there is no secret to that in my opinion should we frame that before our next our next guest is <laughs> oh wow there's cody mayo looking sleek i don't know about sleek <laughs> He must be wearing one of your t-shirts. I was thinking that same thing. Neck stretched out, eh? With a with a velvet spike. But yeah, he big, said that, I remember spike. that morning he killed that. Was, he said that was his eleven pointer. That's big. Any deodorant in that bag over there? <laughs> Do you need, need some? <laughs> Got stinking over there. I thought I smelled something. Yeah. Nick, did you? I know what I smell. What? Have you uh, been hanging drywall down here or something? No. Smell drywall mud. What, oh, it? here we go. What's that's drywall mud earlier? <laughs> is that, that gravy is making? I've seen that packet gravy. Dude, that gravy was so good. So oh. good. I only make scratch gravy. I've never bought a packet of gravy in my life. Here we go. He even I, makes I brown feel, gravy from scratch. That's another podcast. Mm, yeah. No, that's it. That's uh we had we had some some more we might can try to get to another time, but we'll we'll roll on in yeah, to Well thank y'all for all the yeah, questions. Well, let's give them a hand a round of applause. Everybody <laughs> submitting the question. We appreciate everybody turning in there and uh we definitely look forward to, to that every every yeah. week. And it may not be something we do every week. Um yeah. what we are gonna do is try to announce who's coming on the show. So if there's a question on shooting it straight that you want to propose to whoever it may be that's coming on in the future. It may be an individual that you're interested in. You want to ask a question, go ahead and kick it over to us. And we, you know, we'll ask them the question if we can. And yeah, we got a couple more guys coming on for the next episode. So we can get a couple more questions in there and get different opinions. So get creative. Yeah, please do and interact. Cause we, we like that stuff. Um, we are still running the giveaway for the uh, kids as of tonight at midnight. I believe it ends. Yep, ends, um, ends the sixteenth. So yep, ends tomorrow. So got a lot of entries in there. So you know, you know we're excited uh, about giving that giving that away for the Christmas time here. And Some, then we still got our other prize pack also that we need to we're gonna get posted. That's up. gonna be dropped tomorrow. So when you hear this episode, you'll probably see that giveaway posted as well. Yep, it's a it's a good one. It's yeah, something it is. that came from Iowa, so we're we're excited to give that away. So Watson, let's I'm gonna bounce back to you. Let's roll into your deer. You want to go first to my deer, deer hunt? I mean, open it how you want to. 
The year was 1994. <laughs> I was seven years old. So, grew up hunting with my dad. Um, was Time out. Must have been a late seven-year-old. Your birthday's in November. No, my birthday's in February, Jack. Is my math wrong? You was born in 87? 87. So, you're six. Well, I was seven, so it might have been 95. Okay, care to continue. I was just, maybe your math is right. I'm 33. I'll be 34 in February. I killed my first deer in 95 and I was 10. Yeah, and you're old. I was seven for whatever it's worth. (laughs) And um, I'd been been hunting with my dad for, I mean, ever since I was, I mean, I remember sitting in the deer stand. They had a club up in Dawson County, and I remember sitting in the deer stand and like, a teenage mutant ninja turtle sleeping bag pulled up to my chest trying to stay warm because I didn't have no good hunting clothes back then. You know, it was just whatever <laughs> whatever we could find. What are you fidgeting with? Long-legged over? rascal, you're going to have to move the other side of the table. I got long legs, too. I can't keep them. I keep I touching your feet. I thought something. it was that dog under here. <laughs> got two four-foot tables set together now. They're playing footsie. I got 36-inch legs. <laughs> We're going to have to put you on opposite sides if you're going to play footsie. But, um... <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> grew up hunting with him up there and everywhere all around North Georgia. But I was fortunate enough, we grew up in a place right there at the house where we had several places to hunt. And my dad, when I was six, had built a tree house down in the woods behind their house. Still there. And it's a, it's a big, nice tree house. Alex has hung out in it a few times. Got some rabbit tobacco. Shoot some rabbit tobacco. I think I got green one time on that. <laughs> and uh, it's got bunk beds in it. I mean, it's the it's it was nice. But uh it's got a couple windows in it, and I our plan was to hunt out of it some too, because it overlooks a big hardwood bottom right there behind my parents' house. And I don't remember the the exact day or whatever, but we were down there. It was rifle season and I was seven and dad was actually laid out on one of them bunk beds. Just he's like, if you see something, holler at me, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if he was very optimistic we would see anything, but sure enough, three does come tromping down through the the bottom, down you know, following the creek. And I got us. I was like, Dad, 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 you know. And he rattled up, threw his hat on, and got over to the window. And we were watching them. And I was waiting on the last one. Him and I had talked. He's like, there might be a buck following them, you know. And so I waited on the last one. It was a big nanny doe. And she stepped out, and uh, it was about 50, 60-yard shot. But I was shooting a Ruger, and I asked Dad. We couldn't figure out the model on it, but it's a Ruger 44 Magnum semi-automatic carbine. Mm-hmm. And uh, had like a fix. That probably was the model, the Ruger 44. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that one he still got. Semi automatic, yeah. yep. yep. Bottom load. And uh, holler at me, Ted. I need to buy that thing. <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's not for sale. Um, but I, it stepped out and I shot her and she took off running. And we got down, you know, back then, I, there was no waiting. I had shot that deer and we was going right then. And she kicked and run. I knew I'd hit her. He knew I'd hit her. And we got down there and tracking her. And that deer ran literally probably 200 yards. But she ended up about 35, 40 yards from where I shot her. She made a big circle. And we never saw her come back through. She was on the other side of some privet hedges. And we got, we got over there to her. And I remember just being 
a static and we drove the truck around to my uncle's because it was a lot closer to drag her and we drug her up there and loaded her up and i got a picture i'll drop of me holding her old skint head noggin up on the back of that probably 90 92 toyota tacoma pickup truck and uh Man, it was a good time. It was a, it was a memory I'll always remember Right that. there at your house. Right there at the house. I mean, we, you can see my mom and dad's house from that treehouse. I mean, and I that was just the beginning of the deer that I'd taken in that holler. I bet I've killed two dozen deer. Uh, Caden's actually killed some deer in that same holler right there behind my mom and dad's. I'll still hunt out of that. No, the treehouse. <laughs> she's, she's got a little dilapidated yeah. over the years. I need to cut her down. Yeah, me and Dad had just talked about it the other day. We just built the kids a new treehouse up, up by my house, and uh, we just talked about tearing that one down the other day. So Tree mansion. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a treehouse. Kids like it. But, uh, yeah, that one's, that one's out of service. So that was my first deer kill, and that, that kind of – I was already hooked, and uh, but that just kind of solidified it for me, and that's what began – the journey to where i am today now nick your first first deer kill was it was it with a bow no no mm. no i just no i was just talking about that earlier on that picture y'all was making fun of me with the 160 um it wasn't far off from it though my first deer came from i killed it in 95 and i killed it at blanton bottoms hunting club across from page and sons mm-hmm. we used to be in that hunting club and I, I can always remember i didn't remember the year until earlier I had to go find the old orange tag that's still on the horn, if you remember what I'm talking about. And I know some of the older listeners will. They used to give orange tags. They're about, about seven inches long. And it would say, I should have took a picture of it. It would say the county. It would give you September, October, November, December. Season always ended before January. And it would give you the dates, the 1st to the 31st, and you punched it out. The whole punch. Yeah. And then you took a usually a bread tie or something, a piece of string and tied it. So it's still on the I'm gonna call it a I'll call it a spike now, but I think then we called it a three pointer. Um it used to be the if you could hang a ring on it, you could count it <laughs> yeah. as a point. Hey, it's yours, hey, call it what you want. But yeah, now, that's, now that's I think it's sets. yeah, I think it's now it's an inch. But I killed that. It's I always remember it. It was I killed it on eleven twenty three, nineteen ninety five. My dad's birthday is the 23rd of November, and it actually falled on Thanksgiving on that Thursday. Oh, so every awesome. now and then. So, yeah. And uh, so we're sitting there, and dad, dad, back then, all dad had was the Warren Sweat climbing stand. And if you've ever hunted out of one of those, you've you about drawed up every time you hunt out of one. Uh, they should no be a teeth. Li- they, no, no teeth. They're yeah. slick, yeah, slick they're back. Slick, yeah. Yeah, you better climb a pine tree, and that was about it. That's about the only thing you could get traction on. Yeah, you got in a hickory, you was on the ground. Yeah. So, Dad would climb them, and I, and I said I was 10, so I was sitting on the ground. <clears throat> was Jack above you in that climbing stage? Oh, he was way up there. Oh, he was actually – Oh, And I sat on the ground underneath him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I was asleep, I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I was asleep <laughs> on the ground. I was laid back, and I had a 12-gauge with buckshot. And across the holler, I remember Dad, at one point – let me back up – at one point – I thought Dad was uh, throwing something at me. A squirrel had fell out of the tree, so I'd fell back asleep, and I thought Dad was messing with me. So Dad Dad started whistling at me. Well, I thought he was whistling at me. Maybe he was whistling at me, but maybe he was whistling at the deer. The, the spike, three-pointer, whatever you want to call it, was on the other side of the holler. For whatever reason, you know how them young bucks can be. They can be curious. 
He turned around. He walked right over, and I, I pumped him with the buckshot. He came to the whistle. Yep, he came to the whistle, and there I was, woke up. Give so. me an idea about how Jack was whistling, because I know he wasn't whistling quiet. <laughs> Jack Wheel ain't never done nothing no, quiet. No. So, so yeah, that was, that was a good morning. Um, first bow kill, though, since I guess Watts is going to make Post a picture, and make fun. Oh, of absolutely, I'm not making fun. That's that's I got am. so much Americana. Everybody else will. That's nostalgia. I'll get right on there. that. I'm taking every opportunity I can get. <laughs> um, first bow kill I killed in '98, and uh, back then we had bow season. So once bow season closed, that was that was it. It went right into rifle season, and that was before we even had primitive weapons. So I killed that. Killed it with a whitetail mm, hunter. I see it. Yeah, I got it over here. <laughs> Was it five foot axle to axle? <laughs> and uh yeah, that was that was a that was a memorable kill. I can remember walking back to camp holding that bow up in the air and Woo! Uh, screaming. <laughs> and uh it was a spike also. So that was uh What county was that in? That was Putnam, Putnam County. Down yeah. at that club. Yep. Was it warm? Uh I don't, he don't looked, remember. He, he looked a little warm on that quadrant. I probably was, so but that was that was a that was a fun morning. And, Let me ask you this: Now, on either one of those deer that you killed, did you feel dress it yourself, or did your dad do it for you? I think the excitement was so much I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. and and I tried to find pictures of the uh, first deer I killed, and I kind of found one, but <laughs> well, that uh, one's getting posted. Yeah. too. <laughs> I think Dad forgot to take the picture when we were out in the field. Just take a picture of the head. No, he just cut the horns off, and I'm holding them in the living room. I ain't got nothing but my boxers on. <laughs> so cover, cover photo yeah. of the week. Yeah. Ladies, yeah. be ready. It's a Lock up for, your wife. It's a sight for sore eyes. But, oh, man. Oh, gosh. But, you know, back then, when you was taking that picture of that deer, you didn't care what you had no, on. Man. Take my picture. Take yep. my picture. Yep. Probably. And they were all on 35-millimeter film. Yes. <laughs> Oh, That's you right. can see how excited he was in that picture, just grinning at the ear. It so, matter. It, it, and then no, that's the thing no. about it. Everybody puts this this whole faith in, oh, you know, I want to kill the biggest deer out there, and I want to kill the most deer. I don't want to kill them all, but yeah. I want to kill the biggest, and I want to kill the most. But I still get a lot of joy in seeing someone else take a deer oh, of yeah. any size. And bouncing off of that, while we were in Iowa this year, we were on a drive, and there was – uh, uh, two young boys and an older gentleman. I don't know their name. They had came and hunted with us. Never, never really deer hunted that much. I think the dad had, but the boys hadn't. And they shot a, a, a small eight pointer. And I wasn't there, but they said the boy was was tickled Static. to death. Yeah. And they got this deer on this drive, and they had also shot another deer. And the deer ran off down in the creek bank. And and Stony, um, he he actually went over there and found the deer and and finished it off and stony is uh, stony brunson is one of the best people in the world you could ever want to meet he's he all the brunson boys are and stony's right there with him he's as good-hearted as anyone out there he wants to see just like we do other people enjoy it he said when he walked over there when he actually found the deer after trailing it for a bit he said it's it's a nice buck i mean and stony killed the deer essentially in the end stony he could have claimed the deer but he saw the joy that those boys had gotten off of that other deer, and they came pulling down there, and they're like, "We're going." He's like, "Where y'all going?" He's like, "We're going to load our deer up." And he's like, "We well, y'all got one down here," and he's like, "Oh, we got that other one." 
He said, yeah. He said, well, we want to go see this buck. We're excited about it. He said, well, if y'all are excited about that one, he said, wait do you see this one. Mm. He said, they walked down there to it. And he said, the dad was just, he's like, that's the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. And that boy was the one that had shot it. That one of the young boys had said he was just ecstatic. Just, Man, I mean, he awesome. was pouring it out. And he said he was just, he said, Stoney said, I'd, I'd give 10 of those away just to see that again. So, shout out to Stoney on that one. I mean, he put a he put a great, great hunt together for those guys. And that's one of those things that, you know, that we try to do as as hunters together, you know, is, is make it better for somebody else. And those oh. boys will never forget that. Oh. Yeah, that first buck I killed a little spike up on National Forest, actually. That thing come running up through there that, that morning, grunting, trying to make a scrape. And I was I don't know how I shot it. I was shaking so bad. And we were all so excited we got that thing back to camp. It was like three inch spikes. Barely legal, you know, really. And God, I that thing I got a picture of that, and I was just serious face, just so excited, trying to act all tough. Man, it was it was awesome. That, that was, was the first buck you got. Mm-hmm, first buck I got. I don't remember. I was probably I was probably eleven then. Hammered some does for years, but I didn't kill no bucks. I don't remember how old I was when I killed my first mountable buck. I do keep a journal though. Yeah, I've got one. I keep a journal. I don't. I don't have all the accurate dates. I think I have most of the years, um, but I keep a I keep a journal. I, I I need to update it. I ain't looked back at it in a while, but yeah, I've got a photo album, but it doesn't have all the years and so forth. So I kind of have to guess on how skint my head was that year. What'd you What'd you kill your first deer with, Alex? Bo? Mm mm. No, Marlin. That's, that's right. Yeah, that previous you said it was. Marlin 30-30. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. how many deers got killed with a 30-30. I don't know, a bunch. But, but my biggest thing, I hunted for a couple of years. And really, I guess, bouncing back to the five, six-year-old days, Dad really wanted me to go hunting. But I could not sit still. Now, y'all know me, and anybody listening knows me. I'm as <laughs> wide open as a case oh. knife, and I was like that as a kid. And I couldn't sit still. My feet would get cold because I just I didn't like sitting. So Dad got squirrel dogs again. And when we got those squirrel dogs, that's really what kind of started me hunting. We we would run the squirrel dogs. And we had fives back then. And that's when I really got into hunting. People people talk about getting into deer hunting big, but really squirrel hunting is what I cut my teeth on. Um, I, uh, I, I liked squirrel hunting as much as, as anything back then. But then I got to to getting a little older around 10 11 year old and dad had an old single shot 20 gauge and i don't know if y'all have ever shot a single shot gauge anything but they kick like a rented mule and <laughs> i will never forget we went down we we hunted it on a hunting club in Wallace. it was called big 10 it was a hunting club that that both of y'all have been to riding four-wheelers doing Very whatever famous. Uh, great, very, very yeah. famous. Oh yeah, very famous for anybody around growing up days. around Waleska. Yeah, high school days. We spent a lot of time down there. The one sixties been over there. Yeah, the one sixties <laughs> been there a time or two, and a lot of sixties. But we would go down there hunting, and I will never forget that we went that morning, and Eddie Parker and Cody Parker were in that club with us, and they had went and hunted that morning. They had missed a deer, and or or maybe Eddie had killed one. I don't remember exactly, but. I'd never shot this gun in my life. And Dad took me out in the field, and he said, just shoot it. Well, okay. 
So I threw it up there, and I barely could pick it up. It, <laughs> it was like picking up a tube of six. I mean, so I picked it up and leveled her down there. And when I pulled that trigger, that's the last thing I remember. The gun nearly went in the creek, and it knocked me backwards. I mean, I wasn't a very big fella. I'm pretty pretty big fella now, you know, swelled up and all, but I really wasn't big then. But it knocked me down. Hit. I was scared to death. And it that was like, no, I ain't shooting it no more. It was a slug, and, of course, that's when I got me a thirty thirty. But now, Dad had the first deer I ever shot at and missed. Dad had a Mini 14. Now, y'all remember a Mini 14, oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. back then, there was a clip limit on it. So, we had Dad had found a five-round magazine. Five-round limit was all you could have. And he found a five-round magazine for that Mini 14. And we had built a little bushy blind where we had a built stand later on. But we built us a little blind there, and we were sitting there, and the deer come in. It was a doe over on the ridge, and I shot, and I remember I remember vaguely. Now, it had a peep side on it. It didn't have no – it had a little dot. A little circle side, yes. Yeah, yeah, that and <laughs> I couldn't hit a deer with that thing if it was standing 20 foot from me, but by gosh, I was going to shoot. And I cracked one off, and I'm left-handed. And I remember that bullet. Now, I had on coveralls. But I remember telling Dad that bullet's in my arm. When the casing come out, it hit my arm. I told him, I was like, it's in my arm. It's in my arm. I, and he, he's like, there's no way it's in your arm. What do you mean? He's like, and we went over, and of course, I'd missed it. But from there, the, the getting out of the deer stand didn't stop or sitting still didn't stop. Rolled on into, you know, being 11, 12-year-old. Dad would take me to the stand, and I had a stand – and I'm going to tell you where I got this stand from. Someone had left an old climber on Pine Log Mountain, and Dad found it squirrel hunting. And he had asked Mike Klein at the time if he found an abandoned stand, what you know, what was the protocol for that? He said, well, if it's left after season, two weeks after season, it's pretty much go get it. He said, it, it's nobody's claimed right. it. Well, I knew nobody had claimed this stand because I had seen this stand. Now, when I say this stand was old, that it was growed into the tree. It had been there so long. It was built out of square tubing, just in the same style of an ammacker. And anybody out there that hunted knew what an ammacker was. It was a little small stand that folded flat. This one didn't fold flat. It must have weighed 60 pounds. And we walked. I, I believe I could have walked to a Daresville and back <laughs> for where, how far we walked to get that deer stand. And it was late in the evening. We walked all the way back in there to get this stand. Now, mind you, I just told you it's growed into the tree. We ain't take a 2-1 with us. So we get there, and of course, what's rusted up, the bolts that's holding it to the tree. It's two wingnut bolts that get on there. So Dad hunts up a rock, finds a rock, and with enough spit and, and cussing, we got it off the tree, and I will never forget. I didn't. I, I, at this point, I'm done. I don't want to tote it. I'm like, just leave it. Just leave it. I don't want it to stay. And he's like, no, we come to get it. We're toting it out of here. So we walked back, and I think we got there Saturday morning. We about Monday evenings <laughs> when we come out with that stand. But we got out with it, and that was the stand I hunted out of. It had an old seat on it that faced the tree. I had unbolted it and made it where I could sit away from the tree because I hated facing the tree. So. We took that stand, and Dad had put me in that stand, and that'd be at daylight. Say wintertime, daylight's at 6.45. So Dad would get me in there at 6.30. I scared to death sat there in the dark by myself anyway, so I sat there with a flashlight on wide open. By 8.15, old Alex was coming down the tree, headed back to camp. 
<laughs> every single every time. I hated sitting in that deer stand. I just didn't like to sit still. So the the first deer I ever killed, I won't ever forget it. And it, the we'd camped that weekend, and Dad and Uncle Wibburn and Chris Cronin and Mike was probably there at that time, and Mark Green may have been down there, and and Coon and Josh and all them was in the club, and it was a big weekend to camp, and we'd camped and. So we was down there, and Daddy took me to the stand. He took me to the other end of the field, like you're going back towards the power line. For mm-hmm. those of y'all that have been down there, you know where it's at. It was up on the ridge on the right. Got in a stand, and it was, you know, daylight, and I was sitting there looking around, flashlight going, daylight come. Hadn't seen nothing. About 8.30, I got down. And Daddy told me, do not get down. I will <laughs> come get you. How far was he from you? Dad, yeah. Well, he was on their side of the hunt club. He oh, had, was he? oh yeah, okay. he wasn't he wasn't sitting nowhere near me because I didn't want. I, oh, I'm fine. Just leave me alone, you know. Yeah. But he said, "Don't get out of this tree." Well, I got out of the tree, and I went walking back to camp. So I come out in the field, and I'm sashaying along. Well, when I come into the field, I seen a truck sitting there, and they wasn't supposed to be nobody out of the woods yet. I was like, "Oh God, I'm gonna be in trouble." I seen it was Doug Harmon, and Doug for anybody out there that knows. My history with the Harmon family goes way back, and Doug has been in a many a memory with me. But he was sitting in the field. So I go sashaying over, and I was happy as could be to see him because I, I love seeing Doug. So we go walking, or I'll go over there and get in the truck with him. Of course, Doug's first question is, why are you out of the woods? It's good hunting time. I said, oh, I had to pee or something. You know, I had to come down. So he said, well, pee and get in the truck. We'll ride over at camp. So we crossed the creek there, and we, we got back in camp. Of course, me and Doug stand there talking. What would y'all eat for supper? And he said, who left this bucket of water sitting here? And we had boiled corn the night before, and he throwed that bucket of water out. And when he did, I looked up on the ridge. And out on the ridge, I see a deer. And I said, Doug, there's a deer. There's a deer. And I had had my gun sitting there, and he said, is it a buck? I said, yeah, it's a buck. It's a buck. And I could see horns sticking up. And he said, well, shoot it. So I got my gun, and I propped up on the grill there. There was an old grill there, and if you've been there, you remember mm-hmm. it was built out of a, a propane tank, you know, cut in. So I propped up on the drill, or the grill, and uh, I sat there, and Doug said, aim right at the top of the back. He said, that's a long shot. <laughs> and I cracked one off, and the deer hit the ground. I said, and Doug, I will never forget it. He said, "You hit that son of a!" I said, "I hit him, Doug. I hit him." And it's a lever action third turn. I went jumping around. He said, "Give me that gun, you idiot, before you shoot me." And I hadn't even reloaded it, but he took it away. I said, "I hit him." He said, "Yeah." He said, "Get in the truck." So he jumped in the truck, and we go riding up there. Well, at this time, I'm in thrilled. I'd killed a deer finally. I'm I was excited as could be. We get up there close to it, and it it jumps up. Well, here I go to get out of the truck. And my, my arm got hung on the strap. I fall out of the truck. And that big old <laughs> steep hill, I roll back about three or four foot. Get up. I got my gun out. And he's like, just shoot him again. And he said, no, no, don't shoot him again. He's going to die. And, of course, he flopped over and died. But that I don't know why that corn water, that, that, that bucket of corn water, always stuck out in my head. Right. Doug threw it down there. And I, that's when I looked and I seen the deer. And it was a six-pointer. And. Of course, we come back to camp, and there wasn't supposed to be no guests down there hunting, and we put it in the back of Doug's truck, and Uncle River had come back, and we told him that Doug had killed it, and he was all in Doug's butt about it, you know, <laughs> just giving him a hard time, and he had killed it, and we told him it was me. But that was my first deer 
ever killing that one. And of course now Doug's gone gone on home and and not with us anymore. And I, I but I always remembered that that hunt for for that reason. And I can tell it a thousand ways from Sunday. But we was in the middle of our deer camp, and that's where I killed my first deer at was was standing in camp with Doug there. So I'll you always remember. The, you that. Still got the rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was meant to be. Yeah, we did a we did a well. We attempted to do European mount on it. No, no, many people didn't do European mount. Back and there. we didn't even know what that was, yeah. and we didn't know you needed to skin the the skin off of it. Yeah, we stuck it in an ant bed, and then we grabbed it out of the ant bed and stuck it in a tree, and it hung in that tree till the dogs drug it off, <laughs> and I finally found it. But the skin's still on the head, and it's hard. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like plastic on there now, and it's still hanging down there behind Dad's house uh, on the on the shed where I, I mean that's been. I'm 34, so that was 22 years ago, and that that's the year I got my my first knife. That was the, for Christmas that year. I got my my double bladed case knife that anybody that's deer hunted with me seen that knife. I've had that knife for 22 years, and I've skinned. They ain't no telling how many deer, and I know back then we was killing some deer. And Uncle Weber nail one, get it gutted, Bobber. That's what he called me, Bobber. Yeah, he'd say, get it gutted, Bobber. So I'd fold that old case knife out, and I'd go to work on it, and and that's what I cleaned my deer with was that case knife. So and that, that's good that you remember so detailed like that. And I can't remember all the details as good as yeah. as you can, or a lot of people can. But you know, hopefully by by talking about all this, you know, and it made me want to go back and through all these pictures that that we got laid out here, and and hopefully, you know, maybe somebody listening will. Go pick up some photos and bring back some old memories or get in touch with somebody they used to hunt with and maybe talk about an old story, you know, next time they're at deer camp. And, and, and I, I can't wait to, you know, I'd like to hear my dad's take on me killing that deer and him whistling at me and um, me shooting that deer with a bow and all that stuff. So. Well, it's funny, too. We got I got here a little earlier and I, Nick was going through pictures and I just picked up some albums and was going through them, too. And it's it's funny because – Nick and I didn't know each other really well through high school and stuff, but he was showing me some pictures of Putnam County Hunting Club and stuff. And one of my best friends growing up, Brady Hill, and some of his family was in that club with you, and I never even knew that yeah. until we were talking. And, um, you you know, we were looking at old baseball pictures, and some of the Blantons were on there. Teddy was the coach. and Yeah, I'm going to show Alex those before he leaves. Boyd Hill and all those guys and – it's fun to go back through those pictures. And yeah, it is. It's 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 fun to see those memories and um, just see. <laughs> but yeah, I do wish that I could remember in detail. Yeah, as as good as like the little things, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell you that that day I won't ever. I mean, I can remember, and I'm vividly remember. There's old blue. There's your truck. Y'all's in the baseball parade. Yeah, I bought that thing brand new, and you still got it to this day. I still got it. That's. I awesome. was telling Brandon the other day, and and. <laughs> Some people may believe me, some people won't, but Dad used to get me out of school, and that was some of the happiest times of my life when Dad would check me out of school when I was a kid, and we'd load up, and we'd head off to South Georgia, and there was a time, one time, when we rode in that thing, and it was me, Dad, Rick, and uh, his son, Rusty, and I remember, it wasn't too cold, but Dad, you know them little beach chairs that sit loaded the ground? Yeah. Dad set them things in the bed of that truck. Yo, that's bro. where me and Rusty had a ride all the way to Putnam County. Oh, my God. Yeah. You'd get in locked up. In a camp? Was there any camper no, talk? No, there wasn't no camper nut. Well, if you was against the cab, I'll We were, we were backed bad. up against the cab, packed in around with, you know, back then you had to tote your water buckets and take your water from home and all oh, that yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, you would be under the jail nowadays. You put your kid in the back, put them on the interstate, yeah. <laughs> headed to Putnam County. I mean, look, I mean luckily it was probably it was, then it was probably a two hour ride or so, um, but that was that was good times, good memories. It was probably a two hour ride for sure in that low geared rascal. Yeah, because and that's the thing, Dad. The, the the truck that I remember hunting in the most back then was a, a nineteen eighty six Dodge Ram fifty. Which I know Cody's seen the old Dodge. Yep. I don't know if you remember seeing it or not around, but it was that was the truck that we'd drive to Big Ten. And we didn't go to South I didn't go to South Georgia hunting. I, I never we went to Big Ten and Shoal Creek. Those are the two places that we deer hunted mm-hmm. at. I mean we we had that hunting club there, so and, and we raised chickens. So mm-hmm. growing up they had to be close to the chicken houses. Right. Now Dad and Uncle Wyvern would go to Warren and Trulin and Hancock and they would go to, but I wasn't big enough yet. I mean, I was still mm-hmm. little, and they was going down there with some of their friends. And I remember Dad coming home with the first buck he ever mounted. He, I think he killed it in Warren County, and it was a, a nice eight-pointer. And I'd wanted Dad to kill one. Uncle Wyvern's been a hammer since way back. I mean, he's an old-school hammer. He'd drop them on in, in a heartbeat. I mean, he's killed a many a buck right. and killed some giants. I mean, to me, I mean, they're giants, but he's got them mounted. And I always looked at Uncle Wyvern as the one, you know, the big buck killer and I guess that horseshoe bounce, the guy I called it instead of dad, but dad, he he had started getting to kill some, and I always remember as a kid getting to see him, and they'd haul him home from South Georgia, you know, whole, they'd throw yeah. him in the bed of the truck, and they'd get home, we'd skin him there in the backyard, and um, I always in, enjoyed seeing them come home with those deer, that was always the highlight. I, was, I remember one time, I, I was, had fed Teddy Rupskin, you remember Teddy Rupskin, that that bear, that, that bear that you had to, yeah, it was a good we was kids, yeah, it was a talking bear, and I had fed that thing spaghettios oh, and left it in my toy box, and it was full of ants. And Dad come home from South Georgia, I mean, he had to come home to that, and my room slapped full of ants God. and feeding Teddy Rupskin uh, uh, spaghettios. <laughs> but, but you I, know, go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But some of the some of the greatest memories wasn't even the deer that I killed. I remember. I was actually talking to Nick about this today. Um, my dad and a lot of some of his friends had a hunting club for the longest time up in Dawson County, actually off Steve Tate Road, and that land is now part of the Dawson Force WMA. The guy that they were leasing it from got behind on his taxes, and back then my dad nor any of the guys in that club had the money to buy that land, and so the state took it. But I remember going up there camping. I was never, I would always hunt with my dad. I was never old enough to carry a gun or anything like that. And those were some of the best times at, at camp. Uh, up there was Jimmy, Steve Hagen, and Alan Styles, and um, golly, Tony Pitts, Jace Pitts. I don't, I don't know if y'all know them, but just going up there and hanging out around camp. I mean, my dad, they killed some good deer up there. And God, there's, that's what it's. I was actually talking to Nick. I was like, nobody has, not a lot of people have the luxury of having a camp like that anymore. No, not, not at all. And I would say if, if we went back to that question about a bad hunting trip, I wouldn't say it was a hunting trip, but when we lost that property that we hunted for so many years down there, which I, I didn't hunt it as long as Dad and my brother did, but when we lost that club and that was – our thing that we went to mm-hmm. that was devastating to me well it was for me too when they you know when big 10 was gone i mean yeah. 2010 i killed my first mounted deer and that's the last year that we actually we'd hunted down there after that dad hunted on on one of the guys uh, that bought the property but when they decided to split that up and sell it it was like a part of my childhood just left oh, it me is. it is and, and you but that i mean 
unfortunately, that's just life, and we don't know what's going to be ahead of us. So, well, no, and I don't, think that that don't take nothing for granted when you're out there in the woods. It could be your last climb in that place you're in. So yeah, absolutely. It could and be I your think last that, set in that patch of woods, or it could be the last time mm-hmm. you see that sunset absolutely. or sunrise. So, enjoy each and every day you sit out there. Yeah, I think that always resonates well with me when I get in the woods in a place that I'm. That may be the last time that any human eye sees that again. Right. That oak that's grown there for however many years, this could be gone. Yep. I mean, right. any time we're out there. But that was – I killed my first mounter buck there that, that year. It's it's an eight-pointer. I've still got him in the – he's in the shack hanging there. And, and I can take you back to those moments just like I can anything else. And I know you see us, us hashtag sometime mount the memories because – Every deer head you've got, whether it's mounted or whether it's a skull mount or whether it's just an old set of sawed-off horns in pictures, we can go back to those moments. And you're not mounting the deer. You're, you you are honoring that animal in a way, but you're also you're mounting that exactly. memory because I can take you right back to every single one of them just like they were yesterday. And I, I enjoy that most about it. So that's it's definitely been a take good a run. Lot of, take a lot of pictures. And, you know yeah people get too caught up and me and alex i know um and i know a lot of people do but we make sure to remind each other like when we're hunting together hey take some pictures you yes know? yes and, alex, and and you feel goofy like you know don't feel goofy do it take a lot of pictures because you'll it you'll be happy you did alex told sure. me to do that a couple of years ago and i and i do it a lot now <laughs> you know when we were up there and brandon killed his deer <laughs> you're done taking pictures but you know just keep taking them if i get mad at you yeah, somebody, well, look, and look, that's, look, you know. Yeah, I know they're not. They're just not, you know, just not used to it. But just enjoy it, you know, print them off. And, well, there will come a time, and, and unfortunately in this life, we've we've all lost people that are near and dear to us that you, you're going to only have those pictures one that's day. Right, that's right. And it will come back to you one day, and you can take you can take a little bit of the sting away by looking at those, those pictures and, and, you know, and thinking back on those memories because – I know I do. I mean, I look back at pictures sometimes, and I'm like, at the time, was I really focused on the moment? And, and you know, I think we do get caught up in that sometimes, and we don't, with the phones and things that we have now, we don't necessarily take in the moment. But to me, taking those pictures and stuff, I want that moment. I, sometimes I don't want those moments to ever end. That's right. And, yeah. you, and we can't we can't get everybody on here, of course, Um we can't get everybody on here to share their first deer story, but I think I don't know when my dad killed his first deer, and I think I'm gonna pick his brain on that, and my brother and a couple other people, just because I like to know. You know, we can't get everybody on here, but we'll we will in the future. We'll get some phone calls and we'll ask those stories, and we'll time maybe time back into this story or other stories for the future. Well, this ain't this is episode eight yeah, of a long yeah. run. You know, yeah. we've got ahead of but us. It makes, me, it makes me want to open up and figure out those answers well and and with that you know do us a favor reach out to some of those people that as nick said that you've hunted with in the past that you haven't spoken to in a while check on them because they may not hunt anymore and it may not be a conversation that you have to have with them about hunting but just call and check on them because in the world we live in right now a lot of those older folks that we we hunted with they're they're scared to get out in the world right now with this with this virus and everything going on and i don't want it to be you know, I don't want I don't want to have to think that somebody that I've hunted with in the past is is sitting at home alone, and maybe they'll hear this and they'll reach out to me and say, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, definitely reach out to us any way you can. Um, you can get me on any social media, Nick and, and Cody as well, and and just reach out to us or or 
if you got a relative that you you know that I used to hunt with or Cody or, or Nick used to hunt with, hey, give Dad a call or whatever. Shoot those messages over uh, and and let us know because we'd love to hear from them and we definitely want to get them get them in better spirits. It may not necessarily be to to get on the air and talk, but maybe we can just have a conversation. Well, you never know how much a phone call will change somebody's day, week, month, year. I mean, some people really don't hear from a lot of people and i know i'm guilty of it reaching out to people that you know so definitely do that for sure well it's been an awesome night we appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening to these little stories we got it's just a little tidbit of what we got coming up Um, we've got a great great outline coming up in the future with some of the people we're going to have on and as Cody stated, uh, tonight's going to be the last night. Are we going to stop it tonight or are we going to stop it tomorrow? Well, I said on well the, this ain't going to drop till tomorrow. Right, <laughs> so when you hear this, on the 16th, I said it'll end on the 16th. So um, I say by tomorrow night. We'll just end it tomorrow night. And then we're going to draw it on the 18th, Friday. So Yeah, we've got a we've got a – star-studded lineup coming up on friday night for everyone knows out there we're gonna have on uh mr cody mayo along with his daughter both daughters both both daughters gracie and bethany mayo they'll both be on along with mark tucker getting on and telling us a little bit inside in their iowa journey it may turn into a two-part episode when we get into it and get to talking yeah, and sure. Bethany can talk about as much as you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we might just I mean you Nick might just go upstairs. I think me and you and Cody and Mark can just go upstairs. Burn the mics up. She can talk as much as me. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And as always, we'd like to thank everyone for following along on all the social media platforms. Go over to Instagram, give us a follow there. We're trying to get that kicked off. Hit us up on Facebook, talk about it outdoors, and make sure you share it. We've got some stuff coming up that we're really excited about, and uh, I really appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to this episode. Um, As always, we enjoyed it, and we appreciate everybody for tuning in. So for everyone over here at Talk About It Outdoors, we appreciate your time you've taken out of your day and away from your life to be with us. Just remember as you go, always mount the memories. We'll catch you next time.